installment of the yummy coco show this is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches music interviews and games i'm yummy coco aka colette prosper i am a comedy writer and filmmaker on this show we talk about everything but because summer vacation has just started i don't really know what's going on right now but lots of stuff lots of drama lots of uh chaos um i don't know some good stuff too uh, I have discovered a new workout class that I've been taking with like resistance bands and we have to like step up and down on blocks and then you do like some uh, grapevine and, and some aerobic uh, dancing. It's fun. AKT dance, I think it's called. Anyway, that's been fun. And... Uh, summer vacation so we've been doing like some summer vacation stuff I played mini golf for the first time at the place where they filmed the mini golf scene in Karate Kids so that was pretty awesome um, that that was uh, that was a highlight so far in my summer I was like oh shit this is where they did Karate Kid and then you know and um, they have like a big poster celebrating this uh, achievement so that was fun good times and uh, that's it how are you hope you're doing well so on the show today Daisy Hobbs she is a great comedy writer actor dancer uh, just all around uh, new mom just all around cool person so you'll hear more about her you're gonna hear lots of cat meows my cat I don't know what was going on with Stella but she was just meowing so you'll just hear meow throughout she was like stop your interviewing and talk to me like you know like show me the respect that I deserve but it's like no Stella I because I I do argue with my cat uh, occasionally and I'm like no Stella I'm talking to Daisy Hobbs and you're just gonna have to wait but she didn't want to wait so you hear her meowing and that's just how it is also you're gonna hear some microwaves people were microwaving around us there's you know stuff stuff happening so stick around. Also, it's Juneteenth coming up. It's a Black Music History Month. Uh, I have a great guest coming next week, uh, Gloria Bigelow, where we talk a little bit about both those um, topics, among other things. So check out that next week. In the meantime, here's a replay of a Wordle meets Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee sketch. I was just uh, really into the show and so I was thinking like what if they played Wordle so here we go uh, also if you are looking for something to watch on TV swimming with sharks is actually pretty good if you have Roku I recommend it I think you could also get the Roku app and you can see it 
Um, it's a really like very weird, slightly cheesy, but it's a fun show to watch, uh, like a thriller. Anyway, here's a sketch. 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 What if Pam and Tommy were still together and they played Wordle? <laughs> Tommy, put down that camcorder. The new Wordle is up and I need a five-letter word. Oh, fuck. Spelling's dumb. How about Greek? Because I'm Greek. Aw, oh, Tommy. That didn't work. Greek? Freak? I don't know. Those aren't words. I hate spelling. Aren't we supposed to meditate right now? It makes me feel so chillin'. Hey! You're scaring me, Tommy. I, I'm never gonna memorize the shit out of my monologue with you always yelling. We only have five more tries. Babe, you're so fucking hot and so right. But I just thought of it. You have to trust me. Fuck yeah, Tommy. You're a wordle god. Try eight like him, you know. My guy down there. Mm, yeah. We all know Mr. Eight Inches, baby. Oh, shoot. I-G-H-T works, but that's not the word. Okay, that's what I thought. Sweet babe, you trust me so we can win this game. Okay, okay, sure, Tommy. We're gonna have to rhyme it out. What? You're gonna have to take it back to Sesame Street with this bitch. But you gotta be brave, babe. You gotta try every word to get to the right one. Yeah, baby. We're Pam and Tommy. We can do anything. Babe, babe, babe. This is so fucking intense. But we gotta give it all we got. <laughs> oh, yeah. I fucking love you, Tommy Lee. Right. Right. Dude, type it oh, right. Oh, oh. Damn it. Fuck. Do fight. It's not the right letter, babe. Three more tries now. Oh. White, go for night. That didn't work. Bitch, try bitch. <laughs> but that doesn't rhyme. This is getting so intense. I'm from a small town in Canada. I know I sound like I'm from Queens, but it's just how I sound, I swear. Fuck this game, but I love you, Pamela. I fucking love you too, Tommy Lee. You're out of sight. Sight, do sight. Oh, oh Tommy. Oh. And that's how Pam and Tommy missed light as the wordle of the day. see each other but this um okay. no one will no one will see this your skin looks fabulous you are oh it's glowing. the sunlight it's the sunlight oh my god i need that angle the fuck <laughs> that's a uh i i it's it's luck in in this one moment but uh, my god does everyone say that when they see you it from that angle 
I this is the first time you've hit you've hit the right angle. <laughs> Most of the time it's it's not like this. So I, have I the yeah, dry, I don't know. ashy angle. <laughs> I ha- angle. Happy first Mother's Day. Thank you. You can't see I have a shirt on. My mom got me. Mother's Our first Day. Mother's Day together. Oh, oh that's so sweet. He has a matching one. Oh, you see my little fly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's yeah, the, the lavender right. in the background. I had Beautiful. a wonderful day. I had a wonderful Mother's Day. Like, what was what was your Mother's Day? Ten out of ten. It was perfect. Um, well, first of all, I've just dreamt of this day for so long and like been so excited about what it would be and it just exceeded all expectations um because like a year ago we ate at this beautiful lakeside diner um a restaurant um Mm -hmm. with my husband and my mom and i was pregnant and we were like a year from now we're gonna have a next mother's day we're gonna have i'm gonna have a seven month old yeah like that it's now and we have them it's just crazy a year ago i was just pregnant out to here and just yeah. envisioning, envisioning what he would be and now he's here and so we ate and uh we saw Nikki Gla- uh, we had a um lunch with my mom and then later that night we had like mommy daddy date night we saw Nikki Glazer <laughs> nice she's hilarious <laughs> yeah I wasn't I'm not like super familiar with her work I just see her like in the roast when she does like yeah. the conference yeah. she's really yeah. funny but she was um near us and so we um we had like a date night and 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 went to that while my mom watched the baby. So that was fun to like have family time and have like day night. You know, it's like when, when yeah, you can get out. Yes. Like, oh my oh god, my freedom! Like yeah, um, so it was really fun. But yeah, I was I'm super just, tired the next day. Yeah, I'm trying to sit away away from the sun. Um, yeah, it's so our son goes to grandma's twice a week, so he he'll he'll spend the night. So oh it's really nice. That yeah. is really nice. But, you know, when he was a baby, he was just 24-7 with us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like your little one is with you now. Yeah. But uh, but then eventually, you know, they can they can go sleep somewhere else. Yeah. How old is he? <laughs> He's eight. eight? eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So l- let's get into my talk. This I'm talking to Daisy Hobbs. She's a comedian. She's a former Broadway actress turned comedy writer, songwriter, based in NYC. You know, thank you so much. This is incredible. Uh, I want, this is a, a working mom's chat. And so I, I want to talk to you about your time on Broadway, comedy writing, making music video parodies, which everyone needs to see. So funny. Um, and you're a great dancer. And then I, I, I'm assuming that you do all the choreography. And then you got your husband doing your choreography. So it was awesome. I drag him into stuff. Yeah, most of the stuff I do, I choreographed it. And then yeah. some stuff I, I actually, um, some stuff I had, one thing, I had um my friend Daniel Gold, who's like a genius and brilliant. And I just yeah. I cannot wait to work with him again. He's so good. He did um, my Drippin' in Depends parody. Oh, the sing- he's the singer? Like no, he did the choreography. Oh, oh, yes, it was the really singer, good with the diapers. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah but um, 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 and a girl named Maddie Apple, she choreographed. Mm-hmm. Um, she's another like musical theater Broadway girl. She choreographed. Uh, oh, you're super special box. I see it in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, she choreographed. Uh, da, 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 da. everyone wants to hear a black girl belt. The episode on my web series. Um. 
outcast. I just want to shout out other people who yes, choreograph. And I, I choreograph everything. Yeah. Um it takes a village. Yeah, it does. And but um and then I um yeah, drag along my husband to be a part of the everything. Yeah. And he's a yeah. good actor too, because in that uh the one about uh ovulation. Oh my god. He, he is uh, you know, the walking sperm. <laughs> walking sperm donor and he has to make these faces like who me and it's it's very well, believable can i tell you something that's uh-huh. happening that is yeah. really exciting and really funny okay so i wrote ovulation the normandy parody for anyone who doesn't know to motivation yes I was obsessed with motivation when it came out mm-hmm. i was uh, sorry i sound crazy i'm just you sound great and i'm like tired um <laughs> Um, I was obsessed and I wrote ovulation. We were like, you know, one kids and all everything. And it was really fun. Now that we have our baby, Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I have to do child side (laughs) for wild side for her song, wild side. Yes. I'm obsessed with wild side. Normani tributes continue. (laughs) So that, so I wrote that. And so I'm going to shoot that. Um, I think in June when the, I'd have to wait for um, my uh, awesome videographer to be um, available. Yeah. He's fancy and has a big fancy job right now. So when he's available. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Love a fancy it. job. So, yeah. So, um, so that's like kind of the bookend ovulation and then child size. I think that's just really cute. And it's something my, my son can look at and be like years from now, be like, Oh my God, my parents are so corny. They're so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that you embrace the corniness too because we, we had a conversation about that um, a couple of months back because I, I had interviewed um, John from our group and okay. we, John Todd, and I was Black John that, or White Todd? <laughs> oh, I've never talked <laughs> sat, <laughs> I've never had a conversation never with White met John. Never, never met never. White John. <laughs> Never. And I feel like, because uh, Daisy and I are in the same mentoring group, and I feel like, uh, which we have graduated from, but we still cling to it. Super special. Yeah. Amy and yeah. is uh, super special. Yeah. And, or, or tribe writers program, also known as. Yeah. And so there's a white John. And no, I have but never, never spoken to white John. Yeah. But I love, I love John Todd. Yeah. John Todd's awesome. <laughs> He's everything. Yeah. John Todd's awesome, wonderful uh, person. And I was saying, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're like my brother from another mother. You're, yeah. you know, a fellow corny black person. And he said, don't, don't put that evil on me. I'm not corny. <laughs> That's black evil. people can't be corny. Oh my goodness. My husband's corny. I'm yeah. corny. I love corny guys. And he's the ultimate corny. He's a corny Haitian guy, which is, uh, that's on a different level. Cause I'm who, Haitian too. Who, John Todd? Oh, no, my your man. Yeah. yeah. My husband. Yeah. I'm like, John Todd's Haitian too. Yeah. I, does he put his shirts in his pants? Like does like, uh, like, you no. know, he... I just think it depends on what your definition of corny is. Like it's just yeah. so many different. I'm like, you they're, know, they're varying degrees, you know? Yeah. Everyone has their, Right. Um, I would say like, you know, somebody who, who listens to John Mayer, like really finds um, importance in John Mayer music. Well, he doesn't uh, like John that's, Mayer, that's, that's he okay. Likes, that's, he that's one like, side. He likes yeah. Fleetwood Mac. He likes everything. Okay. The Kendrick Lamar, the Fleetwood Mac to, uh, um, what's his other, uh, Coldplay is his favorite. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Coldplay. Coldplay is on my, that's on my corny list. Those are his favorite artists. 
Kendrick Lamar, Cole in the in the, in the hip hop um, Nas, yeah, in the hip hop arena, and then okay. we have in the uh, Coldplay, um, um, everything. He likes everything. Yes, that's um, great. I do too. Of a down. I mean, these random. We'll be taking yes. it back, and then going to R and B. That's some of our favorite things that we bonded over. My husband and I, music, and our like eclectic taste of. When we first met, one of the first songs he was playing me some Natasha Bedingfield song. Oh, nice! <laughs> like, in the shadows, in the window, in the window. No, this song she has, I bruise, I bruise easily. So be oh. careful, enemy. That song. Oh, oh. Um, we're like going like deep into like, our like dating life uh, of these songs we used to play for each other. But yeah, so uh-huh. um, but anyway, yeah, Corny's awesome. <laughs> Corny, is awesome. That's that's my point. Corny is awesome. Um. Uh, Coldplay does fall under the the corny um, uh, definition, like if it was in the de- in the dictionary. Um, but uh, but I love I love that he listens to all sorts of music. Me too. Um, he is. Uh, I have not met him yet, but uh, also a, a, a fellow um, you know Haitian brother. Okay. So I love him anyway because um, <laughs> you know um, from my country. And so I want to ask you an icebreaker. We've already kind of broken the ice. But let's let's break more ice. I'm like getting into my like <laughs> relationship first date, like music we we're listening to. Yeah, we yes. both okay, so Yeah, let's break some more yeah. ice. I mean, after all, there's like um, a lake that has been discovered the size of like Philadelphia in I think Antarctica. Like, because you know the ice is melting. So let's 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 melt some more ice together, you and I, uh, as this world is on fire. So, what reality show do you think you'd be most successful on? Oh my goodness. Okay. There's a new show coming out called Love Match Atlanta. Oh. And it's going to be on Peacock. And I okay. saw an ad for it yesterday because I was watching Housewives of Atlanta. Nice. And my like secret dream in life is to be a matchmaker. Like if I could just do everything over again and there was no writing and there was no performing or whatever, I would be a matchmaker. Like So it's like, and, and not to be crude, I'm sorry, but it's not, it's yeah. not, it's like the black Patty Stanger. It's like a black, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I would want to be Patty Stanger. Like yeah. I want to be Patty Stanger. I yeah. want to have a business where I match people up, and like I no, I'm not even playing. Like I really want to do it. So like <laughs> Patty had rules. I was like, should I? Nah, let me just write these. Let me just write these damn pilots and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the meantime, in the mean, no, it's just because I just I love love. I, I've been so blessed. I just can't believe how blessed I am to have my husband. Like I've met yeah. him. When I was 23, I'm 36. We've been together yeah. almost 15, you know, 15 years. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Me too. With my I, husband, long time. Uh huh. Was like my second boyfriend ever in my life. Yes. Like, yes. I, I like very. I'm like, wait. I I wasn't with some like assholes for like 10 years. Like, it's just crazy. I'm really, 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 really blessed. And so oh. I just everyone to I everyone deserves love, and everyone deserves to have the amazing, amazing love that I have. And I want yeah. to like everyone have it. And so, and I think I'm a good matchmaker. I have matched some people up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to do it a little bit during the pandemic with some people I knew, like on Instagram, like, yeah. hey, I know someone who, but see now it's hard because it's Instagram and people check the people's pages and then, you know, and it's like, oh, I don't like- Start getting picky. Yeah, which is like, sometimes I just wish people would just meet. And yeah, then, because right. you know, if I saw my husband maybe- 10 years ago or something and you just told I saw a page and maybe I wouldn't have liked you know you don't know until you meet the person and vice versa yeah. you get a salt me and I'm like I don't like you know it's just you're I never gonna you- know from a picture in a profile it's yeah, not the circle was, yeah yeah so I would be like an old school matchmaker like you can't see their picture you can't look at a profile you can't mm. 
anything. So anyway, so uh, that kind so of maybe reality. more like in like the Indian matchmaker. She was very yeah. hardcore like that, very yeah. very traditional. So, yeah. uh, but but Patty had rules. So Patty was like, uh, if you're meeting in person, no more than two drinks, mm-hmm. and then uh, there has to be a kiss. There, I, I now I'm forgetting the show, but like there I had to be a kiss to like seal the deal. Like- yeah, so like, do you have, do you have rules for the, for, uh, your matchmaking? Really my only rule. And it's funny cause I talked to Amy, Amy Aniobi, our, um, yeah. tribe, yes. uh, leader. Mentor. She was, uh, <laughs> tribe leader. We sound like we're in a cult. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's the best kind of grooming. Yeah. But she was saying that cause she, there actually is an app for what I was talking about where it's like, yeah. you don't see the, it's like a blind date app that they have okay. now where you don't see the person. You can't know their name. You don't know anything about them, but Ooh. like. He's wearing a yellow shirt and he'll be sitting at table six or whatever. Do you know and the name of the app? Ah, oh, man, she told me. I forgot. I think it's also really expensive. I have to look that up. I looked it up after she told me it's like a thousand dollars for like <laughs> ten dates. I don't know. It's a, Damn. So, and they like vet the people out because I think they're like very well vetted and they're like yeah, you know, um, in a certain. So it's like Raya, price. but make it blind. Yeah, yeah, and maybe not like you don't have to have like millions or be in the industry like Raya. Yeah. Uh, but, but you got to have that paper. You got to have the yeah. money. I don't know if you need millions to be on Raya, but you know, you need to be connected in the industry. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So maybe a show like that. I don't know how I would do on like a housewives situation because while I love it, it's like, uh-huh. I don't, under- I was thinking about this yesterday. I just don't understand how these women keep hanging out with each other when you don't really like each other. Like it's, I, I love it and I love watching it for entertainment, but I couldn't keep, if I get in a fight with you, I'm a Scorpio. So if I don't, if I don't fuck with you, I really, it's so hard. To get. I was raised by Scorpios. My parents were both Scorpios. And then my husband's parents were both Scorpios. So yes, so I know that I fieriness. Like, yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm just don't, I'm not going to like curse you. If I don't mess with you, I just don't mess with you. I'm not going to like keep, let's go to the, the beach house today. Like right. they have to keep hanging out with each other. But that's they, the thing though, because it's like a workplace comedy. Like you can't choose your coworkers. Mm-hmm. You can get them fired, like as they they have. Yeah, they've gotten people. They've gotten people off the shows. Have you watched Atlanta? I have not watched movie? Atlanta in, in a really long time. Oh, okay, okay. What's Marlo, going on? Marlo finally has a peach. What does that mean? Oh, like she's a regular. Remember Marlo? Yeah, she was like she came on as Nini's friend. But yeah, she's been putting in that work, man. She's killing it. <laughs> <laughs> in the workplace she's really working hard uh-huh thing, like it is a job like yeah. you have to be the villain you have to be that like yeah. it becomes a job and i i just couldn't do that but you gotta have the good quotes you gotta have the good comebacks yeah. you yeah. gotta you gotta stir up stir up shit um chelsea yeah. i feel like in uh because I, I don't know if you watch Sell- selling sunset but like chelsea was really good with trying to stir up shit I um, haven't watched it. I started and I just never. And now there's like a Chris, Christina. I don't remember. Christine. Yeah, Christine. Christine Quinn. Um, she is. She's the villain, but it's very. It, the show is very like manufactured. Like I feel like there's a, a writing team that's just like, oh, can we do this scene again? Um, yep. Because there, it doesn't seem as genuine as say the Real Housewives, where you know that these women are just going for it it's improv it's mm-hmm. just like they each have producers did you know that that they each have no. like a producer assigned to them so carlos king he's like one of these notorious producers who's wow. amazing and yeah, he was assigned to like nini and he's on another show he's on um I think charles, king? charles king charles king carlos no, okay king. 
shows his name. Okay. And he is like a black guy producer mm-hmm. that was with like Nene and different people. I think he's on Love and Marriage Huntsville too. Like they have producers. So I don't really know exactly what they do, but they have their own producer. So I don't know if the oh. producer's direction for the season or like, yeah, like let's do this part again. I have no idea. It is very interesting to me. Wow. So there is some maneuvering happening, yeah. some some machinating where it's like people are watching, things go yeah. down and saying, okay, I'm seeing the arc here. This is this is how we need to do this. Um in in Selling Sunset, you kind of see all of the inner workings. Like it's it's um, you see how the sausage is made. Like you, it's just like it's very apparent. But yeah, in Real Housewives, they still have a knack of of making it seem like this stuff is actually happening. So that's yeah. amazing. I have no idea that they're each assigned producer. That's wild. Yeah. Um, would you listen to your producer if you were on? I know that you'd be on the matchmaking kind of show, but like if you ended up on Real Housewives of uh, Jersey or uh, you know any. Know you know, New York. I don't know. Well, I did. A, I, so I did a, an episode of a reality thing when I was a kid. Okay. Like when I was in high school and I was a child I or teenager, I did um, this thing called a walk in your shoes and it was on Nickelodeon. Oh, I don't know if you remember that. And it was no. like two from opposite things will like switch places. And this was my first kind of uh entry into um into reality television and i there was a pretty and there was and so i've been very kind of disenchanted by reality tv ever wow. since that experience so it was basically like a hip-hop person is gonna trade with a ballerina <laughs> and so like i all but like i literally had to like audition to be on a reality show and i was like at the time i was like well i actually am a ballerina like i did ballet my whole yeah. life I just, like, went to alvin ailey i was at, like alvin ailey at the time like doing yeah. ballet like, doing but they were like because i was black whatever it was very like hip-hop Great. It was like, you're the hip hop girl. And I was like, okay. And then they had this little white girl who did ballet. And so we had to like meet each other for like two days and like go around the city and do things together. And it was very manufactured. I remember we had lunch and they were like, oh, we had breakfast. We're going to have breakfast. And I was like, okay. And I ordered egg whites and and toast or something. And they were like, because you're a dancer. Right, so they were like, so Daisy, so you're gonna, you're actually gonna order like pancakes or something. No. And, and, yes. And the white girl, I don't remember her name. And the white girl, like Melanie, whatever her name is, you're gonna order. Um, why don't you order egg whites or you order the egg fruit? And Daisy, you order. And I was like, this is literally crazy. So. Oh no, like, tropes. 14, 15, I don't whatever. remember. Not and even tropes. Uh huh. And I was like, okay, and action. And I was like, so I'll have the. And I just did what they said. It was so odd. And then we did it. And then like we had another scene where we were in a shop, a costume shop, and we were trying on things. And it was very like, okay, now ladies, you guys are going to go in this aisle here and just look at the, look at the baggy pants. And then like, you know, like they just kind of told us what to do. Like, just come in here and let's look at the baggy, the hip hop clothes section or whatever, or whatever Uh... it was. And just hang out here for a second and just, so action. And then we don't know each other. Remember, we don't know each other. Yes. But we kind of hung out during the take. So we're kind of (laughs) like, just just kind of improvising. I'm like, so that was my experience. So yes, things are manufactured. Like I'm, you know, I dance hip hop, but I also dance ballet. And I wasn't this strictly hip hop person. They definitely created the narrative they wanted. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming that's what it's like with hip, with housewives. It's kind of yeah, like probably. Right, party. And then Kenya, talk about talk about Candy's hair. What uh, talk about her hair and talk about her husband at the party what happened yeah. last night. So, 
and then they just do it over. It's just crazy. Or doing that that reality uh, project. You were a kid. They were making you eat pancakes when you fully <laughs> eat egg whites and you're a ballerina, but they made you into hip hop eating pancake eater. <laughs> Was that your first like taste of uh, the showbiz life? Um, like what, I, what, what, how did you discover theater, uh, theater? Um, so I, I'm in New Jersey and I'm born and raised in New Jersey. Yeah. But where, where in Jersey? I'm like North Jersey. I'm right. Like 30 minutes from the city. Yep. But ironically, what I town? never, um, I grew up in Maplewood, Maplewood and South. Oh, Island. okay. Very yeah, sweet. Okay. Very, I'm Tons from Englewood. Yeah. You told me. Yeah. yeah so okay. Maplewood's the cutest. Yeah, um, and tons of actors and stuff live there. So I've yeah. always kind of, it was always just part of my existence. Like, mm-hmm. I remember in middle school, um, we were hanging out in the in Maplewood downtown village. And, like, Suzanne Douglas came in to, like, get oh. pizza. Oh, wow. And, you know, and so, and we all, like, ran from the library to the, to the you know, rest in peace, Suzanne Douglas. Yes. Um, the late, great, amazing Suzanne Douglas. Um, yeah. Such a formidable actress. And we um we all got like pizza plates. We all got like paper plates with our pizza. We're like, can you sign her? Like, <laughs> and then I ended up. She's like, she's a you know, like she's a black famous actress. Um, I think I think her her cousin Laquita was uh, friends with my sister. Oh I wow! Think. But uh, but yeah. Um, so this was like these were the friends that that ran with the paper plates. They're also actors. They had to. No, this was just no. This was just like people that just knew her from um, from um, you know her her TV work and stuff. And okay. so, but then I ended up working with her at Paper Mill Playhouse like when I was nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> Years later. Oh wow. I ended up, I ended up working with her. So yeah. Um, but I found out about theater really through like television, watching like. I, was, I say all that to say I, I'm in New Jersey, but I never really saw a Broadway show until I was like, I think in high school. So I'm not yeah. like, I wasn't one of those people that went to see Broadway shows every two seconds. Um, but I saw like singing in the rain and like even just like the Nutcracker, just seeing people like dance on screen. I was like, oh, what's this? And like music videos and then Living Color and watching, mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, Showtime at the Apollo, variety right. shows, all yeah. things like that really inspired me. I was like, oh, I have to do this. And then, but you were always dancing. Yeah, so I think dance is what started first. I was nine. Were you always at Alvin Ailey or were you in Jersey uh, at first? I went to school of ballet and then I went to like all different types of ballet schools and stuff like that. And then eventually went to Alvin Ailey for a few years. Yeah. And brought, then like when I got older, I could just go to Broadway Dance Center and just take, you know, open classes whenever I wanted. Uh huh. And then did you go to art school? Like a, um, for high school did you no i went to columbia high school which notably has brought out some cr- we have like crazy alumni who come out what's, of my school what's columbia high school that's in maplewood also school, public school in maplewood yeah okay but there's been like zach Braff as an alumni yes rotimi i want to say lauren hill lauren hill yeah andre brower yeah so many like amazing people. We had a great arts program, but it was just a you know public regular public school. Right. Yeah. Zach Praff has talked about like taking the um taking the train into the city for auditions yep. with Lauren Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you went. So you already went to. 
you already went to like a school where there was kind of, there was a great arts program. There was a lot of support there. Uh, and then you ended up going to one of the best schools uh, for theater in probably the world, uh, Carnegie Mellon. So, you know, currently I'm listening to Hello, Molly with, um, it's uh, Molly Shannon's memoir. Oh, I'm listening okay. to it on Audible. It's a treat. It's so good. It's it's in her voice. Um, there's a moment where she cries because she she had a lot of hard times, but she's such a joyful person, and you really hear it in her voice. Um, this is it's very inspirational, and she talks a lot about um, the craft of acting and improv and comedy. So it's it's definitely like a list a good listen for somebody who's interested in comedy. Anyway, she went to NYU, which is also has a really great. Um, arts theater film program um, and she talks a lot about auditioning for roles um, how did your time I guess at Columbia uh, and then also at Carnegie Mellon how did like from high school to college like how did that prepare you for Broadway for the theater um, well I had kind of an interesting route to Carnegie Mellon because I did not audition right out of high school I took a year off mm-hmm um, and not just not just for working reasons. Um, my dad passed away. I'm sorry. He was very sick. He was older, and he had Alzheimer's, and he was mine passing. too. So really, wow. Yeah, but you were so like, young. I was I was in my 30s already. Oh wow. Oh, I'm sorry. You were you were really young. Was, yeah, that's what my feature. That's what my first feature um, yes. was about. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I wrote it kind of about that time because it's such a unique time to just have yeah. a, a dad who's your parents passing at all time. That doesn't usually happen until you're like 15, even 30s is young to have a parent that has dementia. Yeah, they, they had me later in life too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was crazy. So I kind of, I went to a state school here at Montclair State. Um, you okay. Great program. And near, just, uh, near home. Uh-huh. Yeah, near home. And then, but I also like, but then I was at Montclair, so I was near home. So I was also like booking jobs. I was working at Paper Mail Playhouse, which is like an amazing regional theater. And yeah, with Suzanne doing- Douglas. Yeah, Suzanne, and doing commercials, and uh-huh. and it was when I was in, um, I was doing a production of Cinderella at Paper Mill, and people in the show were kind of like, you should audition for Carnegie. They kept saying, like, I didn't even know, what, I'm going to be honest, I I really didn't even know. I wasn't even thinking about schools like that. Yeah. And they were like, you need to go to Carnegie Mellon. You need to go to Carnegie Mellon. And I was like, okay. And so I was, um, I would be at Montclair State, like, looking up schools and, like, all, <laughs> like applying for other schools while I was in class and I did a like a vocal a vocal um recital at Montclair yeah. State and there was a teacher at Montclair State who he wasn't my voice teacher he was a teacher for like the opera singers mm-hmm. and he was like hey can I talk to you for a second and he he came to my my like recital I sang two opera songs or something and I yeah. went in his office and I'll never forget and he and he shuts the door and he's like you're really you're really good he's like you need to apply and he works at my, <laughs> I'm not gonna say his name I don't know if he still works there he'll probably yeah. get in trouble he was like, you need to apply to, um, like, you should apply to another school. You need to be free. You need to escape New Jersey. You need <laughs> well, to was, escape the, the shackles of New Jersey. That's yeah, how was, I felt about it. He was like, you should. He was like, you need to apply. He's like, you could really. He goes, your voice is excellent. But yeah. pitchy. And then he went in. He was like, oh, but you're, but you're, you're off. <laughs> you go, you go, you, you skew, you know, a little sharp when you sing. And you're flat, this and that. And went in on me. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, this is what I need. Because yes. Montclair State was great, but it was also like I was like very much the golden child yeah. there, like starting all the show. You know, it was just very like Daisy's awesome. Um, but when my black ass got the Carnegie Mellon, it was like Daisy sucks. 
Oh no. No, 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 not Daisy sucks, but yes, it was yes. what I needed to get better. So um, I applied to Juilliard uh, and Carnegie Mellon and CCM and I got CCM? Carnegie Mellon, uh, Cincinnati Conservatory. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good program too. Um, uh-huh. Um, but I later heard that I didn't get into CCM. I didn't get into Juilliard. I didn't get into CCM because um, I was too old. I was by this time I was I was trying to transfer, so I was already 20, 20 years old or twenty one. I'd yeah. be twenty one entering as a freshman, and they were like, "No, bitch, we're not trying to have that." Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I got you <laughs> on the spot at my audition. They were like, uh, "Yeah, as long as your grades are okay." They're like, "Yeah, you're coming." So it was like the craziest experience ever. Like I was at Ripley Greer just auditioning and singing my song. And they were like, uh, can you wait? And for, and I ended up waiting for a couple hours to yeah. like meet another teacher and then sang again and did a monologue. And they were like, yeah, so you're cool. And, and, um, and, uh, it rumor has it, I was the number one pick for that year. Like they rank you or whatever. Yeah. So like emails one through six males, one through six, or that's how they did it back then. And I mm-hmm. was like the top, um, recruit for the women or something. So I don't really know what that means, but um, that was just a blessing. Cause I just really craved like a formal education at that time. And I just knew I loved performing, but I just didn't really know what I was doing. And yeah, <laughs> I've craved like training my whole life. I used to be like 12 reading Stanislavski books and didn't know what it was meaning. I just like always wanted to learn the craft and didn't know. So Carnegie Mellon was like, honestly, the greatest blessing of my life. I will always say, cause I was so lost at that time and it yeah. really just gave me a, a place to like channel all my attention and just like learn what the hell I was doing right? and learn to be fearless. Like the main thing I've learned from Carnegie Mellon, people always ask like, what did you learn? Now? It's like, I don't always remember all the technical things I learned, but like I learned how to be fearless and make choices. And um, even though now I, yeah, you know, I focus on comedy, the last show I did before um, the pandemic and everything shut down was I did um, a show, a new musical called Till and I played Emmett Till's mother. Oh, wow. And I was like, you know, not I was trying to do comedy and stuff. Um, but I booked it and I had to like, be like bawling every night on stage and like sobbing. And I'm like, how the fuck am I doing this? And I was like, wait, I, it, it, your, your training does like kick in. Yeah. When you least expect it, I'm still able to like do things. And I'm like, oh my God, I really did learn some shit. There's there's so many great comedy actors that play drama. Um, I also, I read Bob Odenkirk's uh, memoir recently too from Better Call Saul. And he's somebody that is a very silly screwball comedian who does all of these like other very dramatic roles, action movies. Um, Yeah. And, and Molly Shannon too, what what you you had just touched on the idea of being fearless. That was also something that I, I, I love about her too, is that she's very fearless. Um, Jason Bateman too, Ozark. and Jason Bateman. Oh my God. Jason Bateman. I love it. Yeah. Bill Hader. These are, these are all great comedy actors who yeah. who can really turn it out in the drama department. So you were um so you were able to um you know cut your teeth at at Carnegie Mellon. Then what happened afterwards? And I also wanted to talk to you about about growing up with your with your dad too because um bef- you know before we get back into like um the theater, what was that like cuz you're a teenager. Um I know for my dad uh, with Alzheimer's, it took about maybe 15 to 20 years um, where he started showing signs. Um, and then it was like, 
it just progressed from there every year. And then the the final maybe like three, five to three years of his life, it was like, it was like every day a little part of him was dying. So it was, it was a very slow process. And I felt like I was in constant mourning until he, he died. For my mom, it was more of a surprise. And a, like, I, I knew she was, she was going, but but at the same time, um, I didn't know it was going to be so fast. Whereas my dad, it it was a very slow progression. And so I wonder what that was like for you because you're, you're I guess, in, I'm assuming in high school at this point. Yeah, I was about 14 when I started. I would say from 14 to 19 was the progression, the slow progression. Yeah. And of course, you know, as it gets toward the end, it's quicker. Was, was it like Louis body where it, it just came on real fast for him? Because I'm, I'm assuming he's young. Um, he was 76. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. He was old. Okay. So like growing up, everyone thought he was my grandfather. Yes. <laughs> he, was, he was my dad. And he was, it's just crazy because he was very healthy, played tennis. He was athletic. Wow. Well, it's just genetics. Yeah. It's just genetics. Like I'm eating my blueberries every day. You know, yes. it's like, we have to like my, all my, my grandfather had it. He had it. My grandmother had it. It's just you really have to be careful with it. It's such, such genetic. And he was such a brilliant man. Yeah. And he taught at Johns Hopkins. He was a scientist. He yeah. had all these in, inventions and patents for inventions. And it's really, really sad to see your parent, you know, go. And, I, you know, it's just sad. I remember, like, I, and, and I was so young. I, I just didn't know what to do. I remember I, I had, like, a piece of paper and I wrote a family tree. I, had, I, wrote, I literally drew a tree. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, like, 15. I drew a tree. Yeah. And I was like, put, and I put, like, try to make a family tree on a piece of paper. And I was like, and who's this? Like, fill in the blanks. And if you're my father, then who am I? You know, and he just didn't know my name. And yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. Those, yeah. And it's, and it's, um, you know, it's, it, it's also like through those moments, there are, well, one moment I'll share that was really like crazy. Yeah. I remember I was like singing in the living room or something like to myself and I was done and I hear this like slow clapping and I turn into um, Tim and like, you know, there's moments where they get lucid and they do remember. They, yeah. They love music. They love music. And so yeah. um, then I was deciding kind of like when I knew I wanted to write a feature during the pandemic and I was just struggling with like what to write about. And then it became clear, like you have to write about this situation. Because there are light moments of it too. There's moments like where you know the one of the, the first scenes in the in the feature is like, and it sounds crazy, but it's it it happened. I'm like yeah, laying yeah. down with my dad, and he kind of like <laughs> he kind of like oh, this sounds crazy. Like he thought I was my mom, so I yes. think he was gonna touch my butt or something. Yeah, <laughs> he thought I was my, and it wasn't like you know he was literally like frail, and but I think he was trying to touch. He thought I was my mother. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, I, I have. Yeah, that's one of the first. That's like one of the first. Like that's like the first scene of the thing. It's like, Daddy. Oh my God, Mommy. He thinks I'm you again. Like, oh, oh my God. Oh my you God. Know, are, looking back, like there are moments of like, oh my God. There's moments of funniness and silliness yeah. and humor and such tragedy as you see them just disintegrating away and, and disintegrating, and they don't want to be yeah. doing that, you know. And it's just horrible. It's a really, really tough way to see your parent go. I I know. Similarly, I was changing my dad and I had to. um, That's another thing, changing. People don't realize. My mother used to pull up his diet. Yeah. I I was very well acquainted acquainted with my dad's 
dick and that was terrible. Like I, I did that. Like I had to clean him up anyway. Uh So anyway, uh, I was trying to get his pants down and Mm. my dad said, Oh, please, please. I'm, I'm a married man. (laughs) And my mom was right there. And I was like, mom, like we, we, we cracked up. Mm -hmm. Um, but but yeah, I, I think I've I've told other people and they're like, oh, like they don't see the comedy. Like, like yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's yeah. this is you know this is what what happens. But yeah, it's it is wild. They they are they are not the same person that was your parent. They they are slowly disappearing, but they're still their shell is still there. But the person mm-hmm. that's inside is is going and it's it's every day like little by yeah. little they they go until they're until they're gone so yeah it's 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 the most tragic um one of the most tragic illnesses um yeah so but but you still were creating you were still singing you were you were acting I mean, I was a, dancing I was yeah i was in high school i mean i look back on it now like oh god was there more i could do i was a child you know if i knew what i knew now about medicine and stuff, I feel like I could have helped more or stuff. But you know, you're 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 a kid. You can't. No, and and then it's also a testament to like your mom for letting you still be a kid and not yeah. having to be a caretaker. Um, yeah. you know, be the the second parent in the house. Like she let you. I'm assuming she let you be yeah. a kid. Yeah, but that's also tough to see your mom have to. Yes. You know, do so much and sacrifice so much and. Yeah, all all of that weight on her shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So your first feature is um it's inspired by your dad. Mm-hmm. My time. Yeah, it's about my dad my time um in high school and the girl who's losing her dad while trying to find herself as a teen. So it's kinda like Lady Bird meets the big sick and kind of in tone where you know the big sick he's talking about his yeah. wife dying and but there's all that humor in it. So it's it's comparable to those films. Were you always writing? Because you've also been featured in McSweeney's. How did humor writing come into your life while performing on Broadway? Yeah, so I love humor writing because it's something I can just do super quickly. Like I'm able to write a humor piece on the train or just kind of like while I'm lying in bed. Like I can just write it on my phone and then just like touch it up um, and like, polish it the next day and I can get it done like pretty simple pretty like in like a day or two yeah um I wasn't writing so I wasn't really writing in when I was on Broadway so I was on Broadway in 2014 I was -hmm. in the original cast of Aladdin Mm -hmm. uh and I did it for about three and a half years three years eight months so almost four years Mm -hmm. um and when I was in Aladdin I was doing more like I had no training for any type of writing like I didn't know how to write a sketch I didn't know how to write anything I didn't start all that till I left so I did UCB and stuff once I left so then I got more training on how to like write sketches and that's when I started doing the parodies and all that Mm -hmm. um when I was um doing Aladdin when I was on Broadway I was writing music a lot so music I've always just kind of written yeah I was a child poetry music like that was my diary. Like instead of just like writing in a diary, which I did that too, mm-hmm. I'd also just write poems. I would get with some friends in middle school and um, write songs and just like always writing a song for something. So that's something. That's my like number one favorite thing I love to do was write write songs. Um, and it's something I'm able to do. Do you incorporate very- songs into like uh, I'm thinking about like Crazy Ex Girlfriend? 
would yeah. that be something that you would love to do where you're it's 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 you're you're melding your Broadway um songwriting with absolutely screwball yeah. comedy. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I love to do and that's what I'm like looking to um do more of. It's just kind of yeah, exactly. Mix the music with the um um, with the story. And when I saw Crazy X, I was like, oh my God, I think it's just like the most genius show. And I love yeah. her. She's such an, an, an inspiration. I love her. Mm -hmm. um, she's a new mom too. Yes. Um, and her husband's so talented too. Dan Gregor. He just wrote the Chipmunks um, uh, movie. The Chippendales. Uh, Chip oh, Chip of the Rescue Rangers. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I remember when I first saw like, her parodies, I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I really didn't even know. Who she I wasn't like I was trying to copy her. I didn't even know who she was till after I was doing parodies. And I was like, oh, and then people started being like, oh, you're like Black Rachel Bloom. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's always the Black similar. something. Of, exactly. Yes. Well, we're very similar too. Like she went to NYU and uh -huh. studied musical theater, but then she kind of felt like Broadway wasn't really for her. You know, she felt like I'm not, she wasn't the skinniest and she wasn't the this and she wasn't the ingenue. And she, that's how, you know, this is, these are her yes. words, how she felt. And she kind of felt like she was like, not really, um, you know, gonna book jobs. She kind of was like, I'm not really gonna book these jobs. And that's kind of how I always felt. Like, I'm really not gonna, um, I don't see myself doing what I really want to do because I kind of want to be like, I, the stuff I do skews more charactery and funny and mm -hmm. um, stuff that just like isn't, wasn't really seen at the time on Broadway. So she's like, let me just write my own shit. And that's what, that's what I like to do. Yeah. Um, you know, especially not waiting around for a role or something. So. Um, what What is it like? Because I know actors talk about like in Hollywood or in New York, like doing, doing TV and, and film, it's very competitive. It's, there's a lot of rejection. What's it like on the theater? Is it, is, is there, is it a little bit more welcoming? Um, what's the community like? What, what is Broadway like? I mean, there definitely is a, there definitely is a small community mm -hmm. and there's a small community of people that work all the time. So while there's like a bunch of people that move to New York and all want to be on Broadway and there's lots of actors, there's really only like a lot of the same actors like book multiple, like just go from show to show. And that's because it's hard to be on Broadway. Like the schedule is insane. Yeah. I wouldn't wish it upon my worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> my worst like someone that calls to mind is like Lily Cooper. Like she, she's yeah. a, she's a black uh, actor. She works a lot. Yeah. Um, and she's in that new show. Um, the new show um, that everyone like loves. Um, POTUS. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's not just about your talent. It becomes about if, are you able to handle, handle the rigors of Broadway and the schedule? And are you a good person? Are you uh, so much of it? And it sounds so cliche with every yeah. industry, particularly with Broadway and with theater, because it is such a community and you're with these people all day. You know, I was at the theater all day. And, um, do you want to be around these people? Are you a psychopath? Are you, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like word gets around. Are you a hard worker? Are you, kind are you cool to work with um that's so much of it because it really is a small community and there's only a you know a handful of directors of there's only there's only like two big casting directors that cast everything and there's you know um a handful of directors and choreographers that do all these musicals so word gets around very quickly and that's why a lot of times people just like would prefer to just hire who they know and if they've worked with this dancer or this act singer or this actor before it's like they just bring them on to the next project Similarly to television and yeah, 
how did you how did you get out of it? Because you were you were um, you were doing I think like Memphis the the show Memphis. You were doing the tour, and then did you decide? Okay, I'm done with this. I'm done with. Yeah, I mean, I was getting, getting ready to get. Yeah, I was getting ready to get married at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a big transition in my life, and it's not like I'm done with it. Uh, for now, I am, but who knows? Who knows if I'll go back? I can never say. I won't. You know, the pandemic changed a lot of stuff too. Are you still with- training? Are you still dancing? No, I can't touch my toes. I am <laughs> proudly. <laughs> no, I touch my toes. Um, <laughs> um. No, not dancing. Okay. Not dancing. I'm not really, I don't, I don't, no, I'm good. So if you were, <laughs> if you were going to go back on stage, it's not to dance. No, no, no. There was a, a, a role that was um, cool and I wanted to do, I would do that. But if you could do any role on stage, what would it be? Well, my, my big dream um, for, for many years was to be the first black Glinda. Before, but now that's that's happened. Um, Brittany Johnson, she is. Oh, in oh, Wicked. Oh my goodness, in Wicked. Yes, 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 in Wicked. And I've only seen clips, and I want to go see her live. She's so fabulous. But way before that happened, like for years, I was pining to do that, like so bad, and that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Um. So that's like an example of of an existing role, and this is before you know before all the Black Lives Matter stuff and all of that was happening. Um. And it took, you know, all of that to happen to cast a black Glenda, which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was, I, I was out in the streets, honey. Yes. Glenda. Um, um, but really also just like originating a role would be really cool. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm very happy and very pleased um, behind the scenes now creating. <laughs> so, okay. So what has stuck with you from your time um, on the stage to now being a TV writer? Um, what has stuck with me? Sorry, you see me now. You see, you guys can't see me. I'm dripping in sweat because my kid is clawing at me and I'm like trying to rock him. Yeah. Um, what has, so repeat the question. What has... So like all the things that you learned, the experience, um, all the auditioning, all the... Um, all the uh, oh, the I get it. Preparing, all the, um, the soul searching. Like how, how has it... Um, like what's stuck this, with you? This may not be the, the correct answer, but this is something that I have learned and I'm dead serious about this. <laughs> like now that I'm on the other side and I'm writing, you write for people that you know. Yeah. Or it, you just need to have a specific, clear point of view as a performer that I didn't have for so long as a performer. And it's like, well, why am I not getting work? Why am I? It's like, of course, some of that is beyond your control. But if you can control anything as a performer, have a clear point of view. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, have a clear, something that I know, I know what I'm going to get. Not to say that you can't be versatile, but I did this too. I wanted to be everything and I can be this and I can be that. When you are writing, I don't have time for that. It's like, when I'm writing, I'm writing for people that I know. They don't even know that I'm writing for them. They have yeah. no idea. It doesn't mean I'm going to, if it ever gets made... that there'll be cast, but that's like, I'm writing and I even have in my office, like I have um, a board up with people's (laughs) pictures, like with people's pictures. Like friends, uh, family. Not friends, like like, icons. uh, Actors, just actors I wouldn't play it. Or if it is a friend, them. But you write for people, you don't write just general people. I I need me. I'm writing for like specific ass people. Yeah. They may not even know I'm writing them in the script, but I have an idea of who I want. And these are people that's like, I just, 
I I, I know what I'm going to get. Especially if they're famous and somebody, if somebody reads it and then they connect with that character, like, oh, this reminds me of Tessa Thompson. Mm -hmm. It it just further helps uh, someone get into your, your story. Yeah. Yeah. It can hurt you. you don't want to be so specific also when you're trying to sell a show too. Like it has to be like, don't write Tessa Thompson in your show. Right. Yeah. You could, but sometimes they could be like, you don't know their relationship with her. Like, yeah. or if it's a network, you don't know. They may want to pitch. They want, they may want Sterling K Brown because this is us is over. Right. And he has his deal with, you know, is he has a, you know, an overall deal and he needs to have a new show on NBC, you know, so it could be specifics, but for writing, it is so. It's the descriptors. I know what, yeah. Like, think about, like, Jason Manzoukas. He is so specific. He is yes, so, like, yeah. I could, if I know I'm writing a role for Jason Manzoukas, I could write all day long. I know what he's going to say. I know the inflection. I know his, the, the intention is going to be, his motivation. Yeah. I know. I It's just so much easier. So, like, be an actor that, like, people are going to know what you're going to give. And that's a note for me, too. It's not just enough to, like, be generically funny. It's, like, what specifically can you offer? So that I can, like, it just helps the writer so much. It helps me as a writer. Like, I just, Nicole Byer, great. I know what I'm doing. Boom, I can write the script. Yeah. Easter egg, right. good. I can write the script. Just naming yeah. points of view that are very singular and, you know, um, energetic and something that's, like, focused and I can write for rather than just, like, this pretty face, that's funny. Everybody's pretty. Everybody can say the lines. Let's, what do we do from there? I, I, I don't care. Yeah, we were we were kind of talking about um no 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 shade on anyone at all, but like we were kind of talking about like our our mentoring yeah, group. Shady, no. ah, but we're not, uh-uh. not at all. Not at all. Uh but yeah, but it was just like we were we were talking about um the like all the people in our mentoring group and for the most part it's it's uh we're all sort of writing the same thing. Oh yeah, yep. And it's funny because um, Courtney Lilly, who's a, a great producer, worked on Blackish, um, now has gone on to Grownish um, since Blackish just ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was saying that, like, when he's reviewing um, writers for a show, he wants to see specs. Like, he prefers specs because that mm-hmm. way he can get a sense of someone's writing style and to see how they interpret yeah. someone else's show. Because mm-hmm. he was saying that basically if you're writing, and this is not to say don't write an original, write originals, but also have have a couple specs on hand. Uh, but anyway, he was saying that for the most part, a lot of people who are writing originals, they're young. So they're all having sort of similar experiences. They are all... Um, so it's, it, it doesn't necessarily set them apart, their yep. original And script. a lot of the same influences. Yeah. Like if a thousand people are watching, if a thousand writers are, watch, are, writing, are watching Insecure, and that's your favorite show, and then you go write an original thing, and you have some of their writer's room, and Issa's, you know, point of view in your thing, and then you just wrote another kind of, you know, it's like you have You're to You're chasing have a, a unicorn. Yep. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. kind of like biting off somebody else's show. Like... <laughs> Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, you know, we're all, you know, quirky black women yeah. writing about trying to find love or, yeah, you know, whatever. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> bio now, it's like, I write awkward, quirky black. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. you did that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what else you got? Not that you can't, but you have to do what makes it different than yes. her quirky black girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
it's easy to fall into the trap of like writing your seeing your favorite show and then you mm-hmm. know seeing your enthusiasm and then being like i write you know i'm an old white man you know like it's easy right. to like copy some it's very easy and not realize you're doing it yeah um, yeah so it's like how um how do we know that what we're doing is fresh? How do we know that what we're doing is is something that people haven't seen before? Because for the most part, people have seen everything already. Yeah. Because we're not, no one is, everything, just like with music, everything is the same six notes, you know what I mean? And, and someone's going to have, the, ideas are not exclusive to you. That's why mm-hmm. you can't see somebody if you go have a meeting. And I give them my log line, my pitch and idea. And the next year I see it on TV. It's like, you can't sue for ideas. You can only, you know, you only own the execution of the idea. Right. Um, and so that's, that's what you have to remember. Cause I, I struggle with this all the time. Like too, like if I'm having meetings and I tell somebody my idea, like I have plenty of pitches and plenty of ideas. You can only, you can only, you know, legally or whatever for the ex uh, you only own the execution of the idea you own the script for the idea right. so your voice like if you write something and you're second guessing it if it's offensive or something don't put it but other than that if you're like is this too weird or something leave it if you think it's too because i don't want to see the same boring hack lowest hanging fruit jokes that i've, I've read in a thousand other scripts mm-hmm. A lot of people think they're original. It's like, well, I've heard the same joke a thousand times, said the same way. Yeah. Character, same type of character as this. You know, it's just kind of like, what is your voice? Like, what is the thing that makes your friends laugh when you're with, you're hanging out with your friends? Yeah. Like, why do they laugh at what you, I know a lot of times when I hang out with my friends, I, I talk fast and I do this and I do that. And it's like, that's what has to be in your script. The like thing that makes the people like Daisy, you're crazy. Daisy, you stupid as hell. You're crazy. That's what needs to be in the script. Don't don't water it down because you think somebody wants to read this because this show just sold. So they want to see that. Well, the show sold and now it's over. So now you got to We don't need part two. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think about myself and I I think uh, yeah. I mean, I I I think I have a, a unique voice. Uh, but then I, I also think that maybe somebody doesn't understand my voice. So I, I want it, I want to also make it palatable. I want people to like it. But then yeah. it's also you can't care because they probably won't like it. It's it's also like um I find that like um uh weird, but like uh like reels. Like when you make like a TikTok or like a, a Insta reel, the ones that that do the best, the ones that I that I've done that have done the best are the ones that I didn't really put a lot of thought in. I just I just did it. Yeah. Um so so yeah, so I I I, I get what you're what you're coming here's from. An ex- okay, here's an example. Uh-huh. So if you just put on so like take Z Way. Yes. She's killing uh, it right now. Killing it, killing it, killing it. Yes. And it's so hard to get to this. Now, if you put it on paper, you would say, Z- now Z-Way is a black girl. Yes. Right? That does. And she sings in her show. She sings. And she self-identifies and- as pop star. Right, as a pop star, right. And I love it. And she <laughs> writes songs, right? And she writes songs and sings. Yes. Now, if you put me next to, now, if you put me, my uh, brand log line next to her, it'd be the same thing. Black girl who writes songs and sings and does comedy. Z-Way and I could not be further from, <laughs> I would never, I'd be too scared to be up there interviewing people like that. I would never. We're totally different. Yes. We're both black girls that do musical comedy in our thing, right? In comedy and she's from the sketch world or whatever I think. And I think yeah. she went to UCB and all. There's a lot of similarities, right? But mm-hmm. not at all. Completely different. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Completely different. But on paper, it's right. It's very similar. So the voice is what makes you the very unique, specific voice has to be very distinct. And Z-Way is an example of someone who's, it is very, very distinct. And she took time to kind of develop that that character. That's not her. That's a, she says, that's a character based off of her, but it's very specific. Right, right. It's, it's amazing. It's such a, it's such a great show. Um, the past few episodes of, of this latest season, hilarious. On, the Black Pain. Yeah. Ramel? Sorry, my husband came. Yeah, of Ramel. course. I'm on a podcast, so don't say anything. <laughs> Or take him, take the baby. Okay, sorry, keep going. His name's R- Ramel. Yes. Yeah, my my cousin's uh, husband's name. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. How do R A H M A L? No, no H R O M M E L. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's never met anyone with his name. Yeah, um, because Haitian people love uh German Russian names, so his, like his brother's name Vladimir. Vladimir is also a very oh. common name oh in Haiti. Um, so yeah, Rommel. Rommel was a um, a German a German general, I think. And oh. so yeah, yeah, Haitian people I dig, think his dig mom that. Made it up. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. She she got it. She got from somewhere. That's so funny. Yeah, no, it came from it came from somewhere. You told me she named it because it rhymes with Gabrielle, his sister. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, I don't well, know if well, as um because she's not Haitian. I think it's this is his dad is. I think it. Might oh, be. okay, could have been coincidence. But but yeah, but there is there is another Haitian guy out there in Jersey, not That's too far from awesome. him, also oh named Romel. That's awesome. Yes, um, shout out to him. Okay, so you were talking about like singular personalities. Um, I mentioned Molly Shannon, singular personality. Um, you you get her specificity very quickly. Quinta Brunson is also someone like that too. And you worked with her on a show called Magical Girlfriend Friendship Squad. So what what was that like? Well, no, I didn't work with her. It was voiceover. And okay. so I never met her. <laughs> but you there could was a say you did. Quinta Brunson, um, um, Anna, Anna Gasteyer, Christine Baranski, Jason Mansukis, lots of wonderful. But it's voiceover. So I yeah. did that I did that junk and I wearing a bonnet and my and my PJs and nice. my voiceover. Nice. Voiceover that's the best, so, that's the best way to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voiceover is my bread and butter. Uh-huh. Uh, what pays my mortgage so yes <laughs> um it's done me it, it's done uh been done very well by voiceover so mm-hmm. shout out um do you do it at home or do you yeah. have to go somewhere okay no nope, i have a studio at home that i work out of yeah and um it's awesome and it's great because a lot of work that they a lot of you know clients and stuff on people that do um that do stand up and do sketch and do improv and do all that kind of thing for their um to sell their products and stuff for the commercials and stuff so it works out really well Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Abbott and yes. if you're ready, read the Abbott pilot, cause it's pretty darn perfect. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and that no, yeah. No, Tens across no, the board. No, yeah. Um, any pretty. funny stories from on the road when you were, when you were, um, on stage? Um, no, I didn't like being on the road. It wasn't funny at the time. I wanted to be home. <laughs> Why it's, it's I staying in hotel, it's staying in hotels. What what is the most um draggiest I mean, thing you know, about I was, it? I was dating my husband. I just wanted to be home. I didn't really want to, I never wanted to go on tour to be honest. And mm-hmm. I, I turned down the audition and my agent was like, Why? It's a perfect example of like if you know you don't want to do something, don't do it. But like you're young and so you're like, Okay, I'll do it because hmm? keep taking. I'll do it because, um, you know, this person, this, this casting person will be mad at me or something if I don't do it. Yeah. Um, I will say I was happy to be doing Memphis because I was so obsessed with the show at the time. And I was like, I will mop the floors. 
<laughs> of yeah. the stage. I don't care what I have to do. I will. I just want to be doing the show. But the act of being on the road, I did not enjoy. Like being yeah, in different hotels, it's lonely, and you just try. I just wanted to. I'm more of a homebody. I want to be home or like have a theater to go to and come back home. Um, the show was amazing, amazing experience, but not for me. Not being on the road. Now I have friends who don't want to be home. They love to be on the road. So it's just a big life change and a big decision. So you have to know if that's for you or not. Yeah, because you're performing like twice a night. Uh, and then you're you're traveling to go to different cities as part of a touring company. It's very exhausting. And it just never it feels never ending. Yeah. Some people love it. They just no. I did I did one. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. So one one and done. That's yeah. like me as a as a working mom. <laughs> I'm one and done. Yeah. Um okay. So you And that's, that was years ago. That's way before I have kids. I mean that was Yeah. I was I don't even know how old I was. One, was was that the moment where you're like, fuck this, I'm I'm writing, I'm gonna be writing? No, no, no. So that was years, years, years ago. I was on tour. Um, I I didn't. I wrote my first script, like mm-hmm. actual script, not sketch, not parody. A script. A feat was a uh, was a pilot, and that happened right. Um, uh, when was I mean? I was writing. I remember during when George. I was writing it when George Floyd was killed. Twenty twenty. So 2020. Yeah. It's like, that's like what I based May, it off of May 2020. Uh-huh. Because it was happening during that. So I was like, oh God, I remember. Yeah. So that's how I, that's when I wrote my first pilot. Mm-hmm. And I wrote um, my feature, first feature shortly after. I don't, I've lost all track of time, but all the writing has been done since the, since the pandemic started. How did you meet Amy? Um, there was something during the pandemic. I don't know if you did it. It was called Oh Hollywood Here. It was a Hollywood Here. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, with Jesse B. Evans. Yeah. Now, okay. can I tell you the craziest thing? What's yes. funny is that I had initially wanted I wanted to meet Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom was on yes. it. Yes. I have to meet Rachel Bloom. Oh my god! And and she was like sold out, not sold out. Like the, you know, it was it yeah. Was her her dance card was full. It was full. So then, but everything works out. Oh yeah. I mean, it was so much better than I met Amy because Amy actually is, you know, for those of you who don't know Amy, executive, I'm sure you've talked about her on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Executive producer, writer, director, Insecure, and worked on Silicon Valley and so many shows, and it's just so wonderful. Yes. Um, and most importantly, Amy is all about giving back and helping writers yeah. and started this, this, and now has a production company, Super Special, and she's trying to um, help writers of color and, 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 um, and um, writers who are just have very singular, exactly what we're talking about, these yeah. singular voices and I think trying to kind of skews toward the comedy and the lighthearted material um, with no trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, joy. No it's all about no joy. Black. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. uh, so I was with Amy and so we had a nice conversation for 30 minutes and then, you know, it's over after 30 minutes and it was cool. And, um, and then um, she reached out months later and was like, hey, I'm starting this thing. Do you want to you're part of it and I was like okay cool yeah like okay that was awesome yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's been a ride it's been it's been an amazing journey so as a as, you know working moms so we're you know we're, we're both working moms um you're watching the show the show has come back the show the show is is uh working moms on yeah, working yeah, moms. Yeah. yeah the latest season posted on on May 10th um it's like four very different 30-something working mothers, their friends, they're balancing their jobs, family lives, love lives in modern-day Toronto. 
Yes, that's the log line. And uh it, you know, the sixth season okay. is is out. Um now there's a black mom. Now there's a black there's mom. There's a black mom. There's a lot of it's kind of chaotic. The show's a little chaotic. I, I watch off and on. The first okay. the the pilot was really great. And I think so I think good. it was in the, the end of the episode where she scares a bear. Like it gets like yeah. real Canadian. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she's she's walking her baby and in a stroller, and then there's a bear, and so she she uh, barks at the bear, how or, or or I don't know, gurs, whatever, yeah. roars. She roars at the bear, and the bear is like, you know, scared. And uh, so yeah, so that was pretty wild. Um, I'm only on season two, I think. I'm on season. Oh, two. Okay, you're still early. Um, I've. I've bounced around a little bit here and there, but I de I definitely watched a little bit of the first season. It's a great show. It's hilarious. Um, yes. And so like, it got me thinking about other, like, cause there, there was this thing that came out recently, um, NBC, they rated like the best, um, the best States and the worst States for working moms. And you happen to be in one of the best States. Cause like, um, New York and New Jersey are eight and nine in the best of category with Massachusetts holding the, the top spot. Um, I'm in one of the worst States for working moms, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, Idaho, Nevada, West uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Georgia, and my current no state way. of California. Yep, terrible for um, for working moms. Is it because the traffic and the not, um, not being drivable? It could be. It could be traffic. It could be. Um, I think in uh, in New York they have really good. Even though New York daycare was so expensive, but uh, I guess uh, it's more accessible. Um, yeah, and. And just, um, you know, especially in the pandemic, women having to handle like professional and childcare responsibilities um, at the same time have been very hard. I know that in the first like few months where I was like working from home and then my kid was home doing Zoom school was very hard because they need attention and then it's a very traumatic moment. Um, so it's for everybody so you're just like picking up the pieces of your own life but then also like you're you're having to take care of the kids so it's just like it's really hard and so that's also um given way to this what what people are calling the great resignation mm -hmm. um but which is like kind of a misnomer also because like you're you're kind of forced to resign in a way um because of the unjust work structures like even um you know, even now, like I, I consider my podcast, I'm not making any money off of it, but it is my job. Like I, I, and I take, yeah. I, it's very important to me. Yeah. And so I was really happy to talk to you. And then my husband was just like, oh man, uh, you know, my schedule changed and like, I need to sleep in, like you need to bring him to, to school. And then like, um, I, I, not to like, anyway, I don't want like get all into it, but just like, it's just that, like, I have to be, I have to be, I have to be the one that's flexible. I have to make it work. And so I have to, I had to bring him to school and I had to drive him, you know, out to Santa Monica. So it's just like you, yeah, you have to, um, it's, it's just hard. It's hard when you're a mom is that's a job in itself. And that's, it's a very complicated job and very demanding. And then, you know, when you have a dream, like writing, that's a job, but then you also have to have like another job too, to be able to afford the other jobs. 
Mm-hmm. So you're juggling many jobs. Well, I'm lucky that I, my job, I guess, for money is voiceover. So I work from home. Yeah. So I don't have to travel. I don't have to leave the house. When it comes to writing, I am now establishing a new schedule because it's now, it's, it is hard. It's yeah. hard to write with a baby in the house. Even if they're asleep and you try to write, it's like, it's just hard. Um, so my, I'm going to have help. I'm going to have my mom come. Oh, that's great. Or a couple times a week or whenever. And so I can get out and go to a Panera or something, go to a coffee shop and get to like really write. Yeah. How um, do you unwind? How do I unwind? Yeah. Um, with a long, luxurious bath. No, not ah. at all. Um, I know that's like what I should say, but like, no. Calgon, take me away. Take me away. Now, I'll be very honest with you. And this is not to sound crazy. Like I, writing is my self-care. It really is. Because especially now, I don't, because I'm so used to writing every day. Like now it's like, when I write, I've done something for me. Yeah. Well, although it is hard work and although like, but it, although it's, although it's hard work, it's fun. And it's something for me. I did something for me today. Cause as a mom, you'd spend your whole day doing something for everybody else, which yeah. you're happy to do. I'm best job in the world, but I still need to get my shit done. I still need to get my scripts done. So, you know, if I've had a great writing day and got a lot done, it feels so great. Are you giving yourself a half hour, an hour? How much time are you giving yourself? Like I used doing to have a self-care I, writing. I used to have like a skip because it, as you know, I'm in the first year, I mean, my baby's seven months. So he is yeah. very new. And so I'm, I'm new to this. So I don't oh, have yeah. like a, I write from one o'clock to three o'clock. No, because three o'clock he can be taking a poop and I got to change. You know, there's no, there's no, but there, in the beginning, there used to kind of be a schedule. So I was like, okay, he's getting up at seven. So I'm going to get up at five and I'm going to write from five to seven. Mm-hmm. And I can get a lot, I can get a lot done from five to seven. Mm-hmm. So now that, you know, baby's changed or now he's, you know, it, it's just, it, honestly, it's just a different every day. I cannot, um, in some days you can't write, you just can't because there's a billion other things to do. You know, I'm a wife, my mother, I'm a, this and that is a lot happening. So, um, and I have to make sure my health, you know, I gotta make sure you're yes. healthy pounds in my pregnancy. And I have to now like make sure I don't get like diabetes and shit. Like, I, like yeah. seriously, I gain a lot of weight and I have to like make sure I'm healthy and I'm trying to go to yoga and I'm trying to exercise. There's a lot happening. There's a lot. So I've have to, I've learned to give myself grace. Mm-hmm. Give yourself grace, mothers, you know, and fathers, give yourself grace, give yourself grace, especially in this first, this first year. Like, and so going into that, I knew going into having a child, I would have anxiety about not writing and stuff. So I, that is why I like, um, wrote a feature before, while I was pregnant. I, yeah. I wrote a lot. I wrote two features while I was pregnant. Wow. And started like pit ideas for pilots and stuff. I wrote a lot while I was pregnant and before because I wanted to kind of front load everything on the, the front end because I knew that once I gave birth, I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> yes. I mean, I was like, I'm just going to sit here and as I should, I'm not going to be like writing while I'm, you know, I mean, no, like the first months since you're not going to do anything, you're going to, so, um, for me, so I, I made sure that I had stuff done. So I wasn't going to feel like, oh my God, I'm not getting anything done. Um, but I did surprisingly get a lot done when he was born. I really did. Mm-hmm. I really did get stuff done. Um, for some reason it's harder now for me to write than it was like in the beginning. Right in the beginning, I mean, month three and all, you don't, I didn't do anything for the first, I don't even know two, three months. I didn't yeah. do it. It's impossible. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just trying to stitch, heal my vagina. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm sitting on ice Ooh. packs and just trying to, trying to heal my body back that just exploded open. But, yes. um, 
Um, but then I got into like, you know, then it, it, you know, the schedule, it, it, it gets, it gets easier, then it gets harder, then it gets easier, then it gets harder. So long story short now, like I was saying, I'm going to have, you know, my mom come in and then I'm able to like get out for a couple hours and write and then come back. So I can just have like a streamlined focused, um, writing session. Yeah. Cause nothing's worse than you take the computer open, you crack your knuckles and you're Ooh. like, act one. Ah! Yes. It's just so frustrating. I woke up at 4.30 so I can finish a beat sheet for a class that I'm taking. Um, a beat sheet is where you like list all the moments that are going to happen in a script. And it's 4.30 in the morning and my son was like, mommy, <laughs> I had to like, you know, I had to deal with that. And so it's, you know, it's a blessing. You're up all night. Yeah. Yes. Um, I write a lot in my mm-hmm. phone because I do stand up to yeah. I write like jokes. I and and I my specialty is joke joke writing and like mm-hmm. quick one off like jokes and stuff and, mm-hmm. and so I'll just write a lot on my phone and take notes in my phone like if I'm up and I'll write a lot while I'm breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I put in my, my bio now like I've mastered the art of final draft while breastfeeding. <laughs> no, I really I mean it's I, a I just, skill. Huh? It is a skill. It is a skill. I'm sure you know. So do yeah. you put him in the sling or you can just hold him? I don't do this. I need to do, I don't do the sling anymore. He's mm-hmm. so heavy. I'm like, it just hurts my back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Self-care for me is getting massages. Cause my body always hurts. Cause I'm like, um, from constantly hunching over and breastfeeding and bad posture and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he's not in a sling. I'm just breastfeed and then just, just hold, like right holding on. him with one arm and then just type in, type yeah. in with the I'll, other. I'll, I was joking about the final draft. I'll hold them and then I'll I'll type on my phone. Okay. Like te- oh, and then phone. I can transfer it later. Yeah, yeah. I'll just write. Mm-hmm. That's a good forty minutes or thirty minutes. He's sitting there. I'm like, and I can be getting I can be getting stuff done. So sometimes I do that. Yeah. It's funny. You just have to figure it out and maneuver all kinds of ways to just be open. You have to be flexible. Breathe. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, exactly what you said. Up. Give yourself love, give yourself grace. Yeah. So it is, uh, you know, as we are magical, we're women, it's uh, it's uh, it's not easy all the time. So like, I wanna play a game with you. It's a very silly game. It's the okay. dumbest uh, random Buzzfeed quiz. Are you down? Yeah. Okay, so this quiz will determine which female protagonist from magical and dystopian worlds you are, because that's that's what we're currently living in. Um, so the first question is, what pet would you want? A parrot? A cat? A little, yeah, a little dog? A little hamster? A snake? Or an iguana? I'm a cat girl. I have two cats. Yeah, me too. I'm a cat psycho. You have two as well, right? Yeah. Mine is a uh, raisin, is a black Bombay. And then the other is Stella. Uh, she's a peach torty and she's almost 20 years old. Oh my God. You had her mm-hmm. 20 years? Yep. Oh yep. my God. She looks amazing. She looks amazing for her age. <laughs> black don't crack. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cat, cat don't crack. Cat don't crack. <laughs> That's amazing. I adopted two during the um, minor newer. 
Where are their names? Uh, uh, Salem and Denila. Nice. Oh, so you already have kind of like witchy names. You're, you're Fine. ready. Yeah, yeah. Those are the names they came with in the shelter. So I know. Sweet. Okay. What's your preferred weapon? Wand, sword, fist, bow, magic. I don't fight. I think sword. Because I would fight if I had to. Nice. And it's also yeah. from all your stage. I'm yeah, sure right. there was a, there was this, there, I'm sure you had to swing a sword. <laughs> Yes, what's your worst fear? I have no fears. Losing a loved one, losing control, failing. That's mine, I guess. Losing my memories, world destruction. Oh, man. Probably losing my memories because of my my family history. Yes, yeah. That's my favorite movie is The Notebook, and I sob every time I... Oh! I'm yes. like, oh, my God. Uh, what's your favorite color? Brown, purple, red, black, I don't know, or green? Purple. Purple. What's your preferred really pink, food? Really wasn't an option. Yeah. So, um, what's your preferred food? Lamb stew with dried plums, butter oh. beer, pasta, can't decide, pizza, anything with protein. Oh, that lamb thing sounded good. Okay, pizza. I'll just say pizza. I'm basic. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to act bougie and say lamb. No, let me do that. with dried, dried uh, prunes. Um, what's your favorite environment? The beach, uh, a garden, um, a uh, red redwood forest, um, a city, a library, a gym, um, something that looks out of like Doctor Who or like Loki, like some kind of like parallel universe uh, and or the bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh the bed is key oh, the bed um i love libraries i love can i say panera it's my favorite place to be in the world like heaven is a panera no okay <laughs> um, I, love panera. I can eat and write and have space and be by myself um that, that's the title of of this episode Heaven, heaven is my Panera is my heaven heaven um, is a panera bread <laughs> um the bed. Right now, as a new mom, the bed. The bed. Um, choose a house. Very modern, like LA boxy looking one. Um, a no. little red house out in the country. A little like gingerbread house. A little country house. Um, another kind of like scary looking haunted gingerbread house, or uh, just a urban apartment building. Country houses, farm houses, country cottage thing that's my vibe i love that I nice love- choose a room super modern uh or like uh lots of books or one with lights like books. like stringy lights of the books one yeah books books i even thought about just getting one of those bookcases that has a ladder i was like no let me do it i love that i, I want one i have so many books I like uh yeah books. like um i'm thinking my fair lady like uh yeah, yeah or um or like in beauty and the beast one. when she was like she got on the yeah, ladder yeah. and she's sliding yeah, yeah. go for yeah. it choose a time midnight twilight early night dusk afternoon dawn well, I am a morning person, so I'm, I'm I shut down at night, and I like to get up early, early. But um, that's not an option. I guess dusk. Well, dawn. Well, oh yeah, dawn, dawn, dawn. Dawn. What's your favorite mode of transportation? Car, broom, teleportation, <laughs> bus, airplane, subway, bike, running. I'm so basic. Car. 
I'm sure it's a nice car. Choose an outfit. Oh, I'm, about, I'm about to get a new car, so yay. Choose an outfit. <laughs> Jeans, a, a big chunky sweater, pleated skirt. Um, I don't know what this girl's wearing. Just like a little, like kind of like denim dress. Um, then there's like a guest jeans um, model, and then there's another woman with wearing athleisure. Athleisure. Wow. I just bought my first two pairs of jeans. I haven't worn jeans in years. I'm sure many people haven't. I know it's very few and far between um, that I've I've been wearing jeans. I I'm definitely uh, all up in the athleisure. I'm wearing athleisure just, right now outdoor yes, races. I, I just bought some mom jeans. You remember the SNL? Yeah. A lot of the SNL sketch mom yes. jeans. Mom Let's jeans. Say, You're not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Okay, so you are Bella Swan, Daisy Hobbs. Oh, from uh, Twilight. From Twilight. You do not rely on others, though others can't help but feel you always need help. You're clumsy and socially awkward, but brave <laughs> in your own way. You are kind. However, you have a hard time making big decisions, but that's not true because you do. You're yeah. fearless. And Bella was fearless too. I'll take that. Yeah. Some of that was true. Some of it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who I am. I didn't do it yet, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like Hermione or something. <laughs> um, okay. What is making you happy these days? Um, besides the unmeasurable me- love of my child. Yes. Uh, and my family. I'm watching Good Girls and it's like it's like the best show I've ever seen in my life and I'm so obsessed and it's like getting me through everything like it's such good entertainment I'm so late to the party it's been out for years and it's canceled now but I'm watching it on Netflix and I'm like what the hell it is so good it's a lot of fun yeah writing is so and there's several I I was looking up the writers a lot of black girls on the writing staff yeah yeah Um, I'm I'm feeling that show too it's really good I love uh, I love Retta um, love I love um, uh, May May Whitam, I think her name, mm-hmm. or uh, forgot Whitman, her name. Whitman, thank you, May Whitman uh, from Parenthood. She's one of the sisters. Uh, Christine Hendricks, great show, so good. And that that's definitely one of my inspos for my cat lady drug dealer story. Awesome. Is uh, is good yeah. girls like fish out of water? Yeah. Um, it, like all of a sudden they they are these these like gangsta bitches and they have to like um it's a character study yeah, if any, yeah. any writer should re- read this i haven't read the script yet i actually want to read maybe i'll read the pilot mm-hmm. it's, it's not the kind of stuff i write but i'm just curious because it's such good writing like yeah. oh my god it is so good yeah so smart so smart oh my goodness yeah especially like you know we're talking about working moms i'm gonna let you go but like especially just like talking about like working moms with um and Christina Hendricks's character, she had to juggle so much. Her husband was um, a big doofus, a cheater, and just uh, very selfish. And she had a lot, um, a lot of weight on her shoulders, and she had to hold it together. And then all of a sudden, she's thrust into this uh, drug world, and. Like, yeah, and she sees that very violent underworld, and she she has to make it work because it's she has kids. She has kids. She got family to feed. Talk about stakes. I mean, just from the beginning, it's like what the stakes are so high for all these women. Like, what would you do? Yeah, what would you do for your child? Yeah, because you know, similar like thinking about like weeds. Weeds. I guess she she loved the life and she was doing it for her family, but then in a lot of ways she was also doing it for herself. But like in this, in this instance, I I feel like they are thinking about other people. Yeah. 
they don't want to really be in it, but they're forced to because the, the circumstances keep changing. And that's what's so good about it. Like there's like yeah. five twists, every, you know, plot twists in every episode. Yeah. Because obstacles just keep coming for them. And like, just when you think something's good, it just, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be revisiting. I'm going to be re- revisiting that. Uh, good girls, and then also working moms too. Um, so thank you so much, Daisy Hobbs. You're, You're amazing. Welcome. I hope to meet you in person one of these yes. days. I have not been back east in years now since 2019. Well, let me know when yeah. you're. I'm not far from you. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. I love Maplewood. So cute. Are you in Maplewood still, or you're? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So cute. Okay. How can people find you? Do you want people to find you? Um, I'm on Instagram. I mean, okay. it, it's, Daisy, it's Daisy Hobbs. It's Daisy Hobbs. Yeah. And I have a Twitter, but I don't have a tweet. But it's on Twitter. Uh, so on IG, I'm It's Daisy Hobbs. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm at Daisy Hobbs. Check her out. Check out her music video parodies. Really funny. And they still hold up. Um, yeah. Like, so and I can't, I can't wait to see the, the child size. Yeah. Child That's, side. Yeah. yeah the child side. It. That's going to yeah. be that's going to be hilarious. Okay, so thank you so much. We'll see Thanks you next week. It. Yeah, no problem. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. <laughs>